This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning. Welcome to another preseason live Q&A. I think on the last one I said this will probably be the last stream until the deadline stream. And that was quite clearly a lie. We're doing another stream today. This probably will be the last stream until the deadline stream, but you never know. We'll have to see what happens. How is it going? How uh, how are the drafts coming along? Why was there no Phoenix before the stream? So it was actually playing, and on my side it was showing that it was playing, but I think where I've had guests on, I have to slightly tweak the settings to record it, and I think those settings mean that the music doesn't play, so I just need to change it back. Um, so yeah, next time we'll, we'll sort that out. Do I think that Darwin Nunez can break Salah's 303-point record? No, <laughs> not in any way. You might not even get half of that. Depends how many minutes he gets, of course. Am I not concerned with the lack of Man City? Fixtures are so good. Foden and Stones are locked in my draft. Uh, I think we get too caught up on... Like, we, we do want to target teams, of course, that have good fixtures, right? That's a, There's a reason people have got Arsenal, Man United, people are looking at Man City, but you're still comparing the options to other options, right? So John Stones, yeah, great. If he plays every single game for the first six to eight, plenty of clean sheets there. I think some attacking potential as well. I do think his attacking ability from an FPL point of view is kind of overestimated maybe a little bit. He's a good option, but then you're comparing him to Luke Shaw and Chilwell. They shouldn't, you shouldn't just go for Stones because he plays for Man City, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, there's big upside in that because they're a great defense, if Ben Chilwell plays the same amount of minutes, he's also a lot more attacking. So I'm not worried about not having a triple up on Man City if I think there's better options. Similarly with Foden, yeah, if Foden's going to definitely play for the first five to six games, which is a great option for 7.5, but is he definitely a better option than the 6.5s when you consider minutes and stuff like that? Not necessarily. And you save a million, right, which you can put elsewhere. So, of course, we all want Man City players because they keep lots of clean sheets, they score lots of goals. But FPL generally is not as simple as that. That's why I said so many times last year, the reason that a triple up on Arsenal was so easy is because you can pretty much guarantee the minutes of the players that you would want. And okay, they're not quite as good as Man City, but they were pretty close. And if they can do that this year, then I'd much rather triple up on Arsenal than Man City, right? 
Uh, with, with the draft you see on screen, don't panic too much about it. So it's a 3-5-2, Gabriel, Estepini, and Chilwell. Uh, a five-man midfield of Mbomo, Eze, and Matoma, three 6.5s. And that allows me to get Salah and Rashford with Jesus and Haaland up front. 4.5 million defender on the bench with Bayer from Burnley. I probably won't go with three 6.5s, but I'm just playing around with ways to put Salah in. Ultimately, I still think it's probably better just to go without him and spread the funds around. Because I could do... You could do Salah and Eze to like Fernandez and Saka down the line, but you'd also have money left over, which is fine if the rest of the team looks okay, but I'd rather have that money spread around to begin with, I think. Um, so yeah, try and ignore the draft as much as possible. I, I, I think go and look at the video I did recently where I talked about my updated draft. Uh, that's probably more along the lines of what I'm thinking right now. I'm just, I'm just keeping options open. I think generally, I don't think most of the picks are that difficult to decide on. Like, I'm pretty sure about most of my picks at this point. It's really just the Liverpool players. Do I want Trent? Do I want Salah? What do I have to do to make that happen? If I don't, I think my draft is pretty much, I won't say locked in, but Gabriel, Estepinian, Chilwell, Rashford, Fernandez, Saka, Jesus, Harlow. I mean, that's already eight. Probably Matoma. Maybe Nkunku instead. They're, they're the kind of minimal decisions that I'm making at this point. And a lot can happen. Over the next, what is it, Wednesday today? So we've got a week and two days until the deadline for game week one. Lots can happen. I think the last pre-season friendlies for every club is the most important one because usually you start to see what the first 11 is going to be because people, by the way, it's a whole separate conversation, but football Twitter is just awful sometimes. The amount of worry over pre-season is incredible. Like teams are putting out different squads for different halves they're playing the kids that won't see minutes at all during this season we shouldn't be that worried about it but the last preseason game can be quite important right so that's the one i'm going to be um keen on but i think most of my most of my picks are fairly locked in i'm not completely given up on flecken as a 4.5 i know some people said he hasn't done great in preseason but he's going to be first choice for brentford it looks like ray is going to go to arsenal which is a weird ish decision from arsenal but i i kind of get it uh but we, we won't discuss that now anyway um so there you go uh horia thank you very much for being a member for 10 months do you have a plan to have some money in the bank at the start and what do you think of Nkunku or jackson from game week one so on the first question i think there's a i i, I say this every year i can't remember a season where i've started with money in the bank i'm sure it's happened but i don't really remember doing it i don't actively try and have money in the bank i think people kind of uh, what's the word i'm looking for over i don't overestimate the wrong word but they make it out like it's a bigger thing than it really is in my opinion anyway so i might have money in the bank this year just because of the way the pricing is if i don't go for salar and trent there's every chance i'll have 0.5 or even a little bit more in the bank because i think i'll, I'll play around with this on the screen now right once you take out Salah and you put in... So, so let's go back to the draft, that I will, a similar draft to what I will probably go for. Right? So you put Fernandez in, you change Eze back to Saka. So you've got that five-man midfield of Mbomo, Matoma, Saka, Fernandez, Rashford, and then two million still to spend. I'm going to sneeze in a second. I'm, to, I'm waiting to mute the, mute the mic. So you've still got two million to spend. So for most people, they would probably put Anana in goal instead of Flecken. Um... And then, and then there's 1.5 million in the bank, right? With this draft, which is absolutely crazy. So could I start with 1.5 in the bank? Forget who the bench players are, like who the 4.5 million defender is, who the 4 million defender. I can change that right up until the deadline. I'm not massively worried about who it is. 
But I think that draft looks pretty good. Now, as we've just spoken about, of course, I could have Foden instead of Matoma and just have 0.5 in the bank. But what I'm trying to say is, if I commit to no Trent or Salah, I think I, there is a possibility I will have money in the bank because there's just so many good options at a cheap price. Um, I, I'm not quite sure about the bench. Like, I could have someone like John Stones instead of Udogi for 5.5. That would still leave me with 0.5 in the bank. It's mad. And 4.5 defenders, I think, are quite tricky because there's a lot of options. But I don't know if any of them are so good that I actually want them in my squad. I think when you go up to 5 million and above, they get really good. There's a lot of question marks over the 4.5s, I think. I don't know if there's one that I like would like to rely on most weeks off the bench. Like, there's some that are good in rotation, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if there's too many that I would want off the bench. But yes, to answer the question, possibly some money in the bank. Um... What do I think of Nkunku or Jackson? I quite like starting with one of them, to be honest. I am still leaning towards Nkunku for two reasons. One is minutes. I think they're going to be better than Jackson. Now, I get it. If, if Chelsea don't sign another forward or another striker and they play 4-2-3-1 a lot, then Jackson's going to get quite a few minutes. But I think if we think about early subs and stuff like that, I would assume Nkunku will be on the pitch more often, even if his position might change during some games. And I think he could be on penalties as well. I just think that's worth paying 0.5 million for. But that's who I would go for. Also, there's still talk that, I don't know if it's a swap deal or what, but like Lukaku to, obviously Chelsea still own Lukaku. Chelsea, uh, Lukaku to Juventus and Vlahovic possibly to Chelsea. So that would obviously muddy the water. And I could be wrong, but I think generally Nkunku's going to play pretty much most games. And we've got to remember that Chelsea don't have Champions League or, or any European games or anything like that. So they've got a full week before games. They're going to be able to play the best players most weeks without having to worry about resting them. Like Chil It's one of the reasons I really want Chilwell now. Because he's going to get a rest every single week. Obviously, you know, Christmas, um, FA Cup, League Cup and stuff like that. That will affect things a little bit. But at the start of the season, things are looking good for Chelsea. So I, I quite like Nkunku. And I could see if I had this draft... And I was happy with the bench. I could see me doing Matoma to Nkunku and just starting 3-4-3. It's just, it's hard to give up that Brighton game week one, Luton at home. And obviously we're looking a bit longer term than that, of course. But that is such a good fixture to start with. And Brighton is such a good attack. I kind of just want to want to start with one. Why Chilwell over James? I think it's just fitness, really. I think Chilwell's just played more minutes during preseason. I could be wrong on that. Uh, for what it's worth, I did look at starting with both of them. I think we need to see what happens in Chelsea's final preseason game. But if they're going to push one fullback forward, then it probably makes more sense for it to be Chilwell because James has played as a kind of a right centre-back before. But it might be that they both push up. But I did think about having both of them and benching one for game weeks one and maybe two. And then when their fixtures get really good, just play them both and just start rotating Gabriel and Estupinian because they're not really players you'd want to bench. Is Edison going to sneak him before the deadline? Um, I, I don't know. I, I find it funny in the FPL community because everyone's like, you've got 4.5, 4.5. Don't ever spend more than 4.5. 4.5 is always what we do. Bam, Onana, 5 million. Everyone has him in. And, he, and I've got him in as well. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Um, but I feel like if De Gea was still at the club, no one would really want to pay 5 million for him, I don't think. And I'm not convinced that Onana scores more points than De Gea ever did. I know everyone's hoping for the assist, and maybe it'll come. 
I, generally, I'm not sure Inanna scores a huge amount more points than De Gea, but still, back in the Man United defence for less than Luke Shaw feels pretty good. But then, if we're, if we're already off the 4.5 goalkeepers, what's another 0.5 to get to Edison, you know? I've not completely ruled out. I've got money in the bank, so I could do it. Why not Shaw instead of Inanna? I just like Onana and Chilwell more than Kepa and Shaw, basically. Mubama, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to get used to saying that name. Mwamba is what I keep thinking every time I see the West Ham forward. Uh, definitely interesting, especially with Skamaka leaving. Yeah, so Skamaka apparently going to Syria. Uh, Antonio possibly leaving as well. That would only leave Ings out of the kind of three main strikers from last year. I, I still think it's a little bit wishful thinking that he's going to get like regular minutes, but you never know. You never know. What's Brighton's goalkeeper situation? Well, we presume that Steele is going to be first choice going into this season. Obviously, we saw Deserby is not against swapping goalkeepers during the season. So it would worry me a little bit. They've obviously bought Verbruggen. I'm sure he might become first choice at some point. How early on, we don't know. And obviously, Sanchez is apparently going possibly to Chelsea. I mean, that's actually something I haven't given much thought to. If Sanchez goes to Chelsea soon... I think the problem we've got with transfers now is we're only nine days away from the season starting. So unless it's a really big transfer that comes in, there is a chance that they don't start straight away. Like if Sanchez goes to Chelsea, there is a good chance he will become first choice at some point. But would it be in game week one? I'm not sure. But if we could get a Chelsea goalkeeper 4.5, that is something to think about. Is Chilwell legit? Didn't watch Chelsea preseason. I, I think Chil I think Chilwell and James, you don't you don't need to see them in preseason. You know that they're good when they're fit, and I think I guess that's the key for Chilwell. He's played a lot of minutes during preseason. That's why I like him. Although I'm not, I'd have to go and look how many more minutes he's played than Reese James. Probably not a huge amount, because I think if they're both fully fit and they're both going to get the same minutes, I actually think that James is a slightly better option if they're going to be if they're going to be getting forward as much as each other. But right now, I think everything we've seen preseason kind of I just said ignore preseason. Everything in preseason kind of leans me towards Chilwell right now. Ivan Sam, thank you very much, very much for becoming a member. Sobisla is going under the rain, uh, radar, not highly owned. I, I just, I just don't know where he fits in really. I think there is a good chance that he could become an option at some point. I think we need to see who te uh, takes set pieces for Liverpool. Presumably, Trent will keep them. But Sobosly is very good at them. I think Salah will keep penalties for sure. So it's just about how much he's getting forward. But for 7 million, when Liverpool's fixtures are really good, like they're not bad to start the season. But when they get really good, he could be an option. But I'm just not convinced for game week one, he's better than Embomo, Matoma, March, or even Eze as well for 0.5 million less. So it's, just, it's just about fitting the, fitting the pieces in, really. Like generally... Generally, players that are more expensive obviously do better, but it's not always the case. And I think there's a lot of seven and seven and a half million midfielders that are not definitely better than a lot of the 6.5s. So Foden, Madison, Sterling, Soboslai, uh, Mount, for example, they could be better. And some of you probably think they are, and that's absolutely fine. Obviously, it's a game of opinions, but I don't think it's a guarantee. I think you just save the money, essentially. Why no Salah? I did have Salah at the start of the stream. It's just a money thing. Can I be completely honest as well? Right? And I'm sure there's other people that think this and they're just too afraid to say it, right? When we make our decisions in FPL, most of the time, we shouldn't look at ownership. It shouldn't be a factor when we make our decisions. Everyone bangs on about, oh, we should just go with a template to play it safe at the start. Load of rubbish. You should just pick the players that are good, no matter what their ownership is. It just so happens that a lot of the highly picked players are also very good for FPL. 
But if you go for Salah, you have to captain him in game week two because that is a better option than Haaland. I got so smashed by, by captaincy at the start of last season by going against Haaland, who was so highly owned, and Salah just not performing. Like, it lost me a lot of rank, and I am I'm worried about that because Haaland's ownership is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's about 86% overall. Um, I'm going to do a video tomorrow, rating teams video, and I've pulled some data from about 600, or sorry, I've had some help from Sir Tap. If you don't follow him on Twitter, make sure you do. I'll put all the links to his um, stuff in the video I do tomorrow. He pulled data for 650 of those teams, and I think Haaland was in 98% of them. So the pl- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Players that we're kind of who are very engaged, the ownership for Haaland's even higher. So do I really want to go with that? And if I'm not prepared to go against Haaland, what do I need Salah for? That, that's kind of my thinking. And I know there's loads of good managers out there that are going to consider having Salah because captaincy is such a big thing and he is the better option than Haaland in game week two. And I really hope it works out for them. I, I hope that I lose out by not having him. I just don't know if I can go against it. That, that's my big worry. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, well, hang on. Salah's only 25% owned overall. That's probably actually lower from engaged managers. And that's a differential. With Bournemouth at home this early on in the season, that never happens. So that's why there's a small part of me thinking, I just, I just want to have him in and just be brave. But if in game week two, Haaland, like I know it's Newcastle, really good team. Great defense last year, but it's at home. Haaland could easily score two or three goals against Newcastle. And if he does that and Salah goes and blanks again against Bournemouth, it's just, I just don't need that in game week two. And again, that is not the way you should play the game. But there is lots of psychological elements to it. And uh, I'm just not sure I'm prepared for that kind of smashing again. Would you agree that if we thought we would get the minutes right, three Man City is just essential as three Arsenal? Um, Yes. Yeah. But for example... If Foden and Saka get the same minutes, okay, there's a there's a price difference there. To be fair, I'll come on to that in a second. But if they if they both get the same minutes, I don't think that Foden is necessarily better than Saka because of penalties and stuff like that. But when you take the million into account, maybe he is. So possibly, but it's, it's similar with Stones. Like I I saw a great tweet earlier. Right, everyone says you can't get Edison because Man City don't keep enough clean sheets, but everybody wants John Stones. Now, I get it. John Stones may be more attacking, better for bonus, and for 5.5 million, he probably is better than Edison. But there's this big thing against the goalkeeper because he, he probably won't get enough clean sheets, but everyone wants a defender. So again, is Stones a good option? Absolutely. Is he miles better than Shaw and Chilwell and James? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. So uh, I, think with, I think with FPL, 
the the player choice is so much more than the team choice usually. Like everyone wants Haaland, of course. Like De Bruyne could be great as well if he's fit. We'll see in the we'll see in the Community Shield. But obviously, he's ten point five million. Stones good, Edison bad. Yeah, no, I, and I get it. By the way, I, I do think Stones. If you if you had them for like six to eight game weeks, Stones would be the better option in isolation. It's just funny how uh, you can't have Edison because he'll only get six points or he won't get enough clean sheets. It'd be interesting to see how attacking Stones is because the numbers don't really show that he's that attacking. But may maybe that'd be different this year. Uh, Kane's being overlooked. But I think it's two reasons. One, it's just hard to fit him in with Haaland. You've got the same dilemma as you do with Salah. The only thing with fitting Kane in over Salah is you get to have those cheap enablers from midfield, which are usually better than the forwards. But the other thing is, I think most people just assume Kane's leaving. Like, it's, I didn't, at the start of the transfer window, I just didn't think it was likely Kane would leave at all. And now I'm kind of thinking it looks way more likely that he will. Like, that that Bayern Munich deal just feels like one of those that will go through. It's just such a big deal. It's going to take time. So I, I think that's a couple, a couple of reasons. Nunez not starting in the friendly today. Look, Darwin, look, when all the Liverpool attackers are fit, I just think they're no-go options. I do. I Again, I think Nunez is just not so good. Yeah, I think Nunez is great, and I think he will improve on that XG versus goal conversion because it was pretty bad last year. But unless he gets the minutes, I just don't see how we go there. I'd rather have Nkunku, who I think is going to get better minutes and be on penalties. Like, same with Diaz. Is Diaz great? Yes. Will he play every game left wing? Well, not when Jota's fit. And Darwin Nunez can play there as well. And it's not just... It's not just starts it's also minutes like being subbed off early and stuff like that so i just i don't think for me it's really there obviously the bournemouth game is enticing like if darwin starts that and obviously salah will then there's big points on offer and maybe that'll be enough and maybe in game week three you just swap into nkunku but obviously that's hoping that nkunku hasn't done anything hasn't gone up in price and stuff like that so i i just I'm just not interested. I, I think last year, I, I, I kept saying that I never had a Man City midfielder. Maybe I did at some point, but I don't really remember ever having one. And I just feel like these players have big upside when you get them at the right time. But if you get it wrong, it's just not fun at all. I think sometimes it's just not worth the headache, unless, you, unless obviously there's injuries and stuff that happen. Like for Foden, for example, I completely get why people are looking at him because... You know, De Bruyne may or may not be fit for the start of the season. I think he probably will be because I think he played in one of their friendlies already. But obviously, Gundogan's gone. Maris has gone as well. So Foden's minutes are likely to be better. I still don't think it's guaranteed that he plays every game, but it's much better. That is a factor to take into consideration. For Liverpool, it's just, it's just a no-go for me. Do you think it's impossible to not include Haaland? I, I just don't see the point in kind of hamstringing yourself like that. Haaland gets injured. Obviously, we all go without him. But if he's going to play, I just I just don't see why you would start without him. He's just too good for captaincy. You've got too many good opening fixtures. That's the problem. You know, if the fixtures were worse, maybe we talk about it. But which of these first six do you not want to captain him in? I've said this before. Even in game week two, Salah against Bournemouth at home is probably the better option. But Haaland at home is an absolute machine. Absolute machine. So... I think we captain him in all of these games. The only thing is they've got the, is it the Club World Cup? I can't remember what the competition's called. In between game week one and two, is Pep going to put out a full-strength squad? Is he going to play Haaland in that? If he does, I still think he plays Newcastle anyway. But maybe that's one reason to go Salah, but I just don't see the point. Like two newly promoted sides in the first three. I don't care that they're away from home. Fulham at home in game week four, good fixture. West Ham away is maybe the second toughest fixture of the run, but it's not one you'd be worried about. 
and then Forest at home in game week six. Like, it's just too good to turn down. Like maybe game weeks um eight and like eight, nine, and ten, they've got Arsenal away, Brighton at home, Man United away. I mean, maybe we have a conversation then, but I'm telling you now, if Haaland smashed it the six games before that, you ain't gonna want to go against him. That's what happened last year. Can't wait for when Chua and James ride the stretcher and we abandon the Chelsea bandwagon once again. I mean, you could argue, you could argue it's a similar situation to the the Liverpool players. I've just said it's not worth it because you always have to use a transfer on them. But I think if Chil- I think the difference is if Chua and James are fit, they're absolutely first choice, no questions asked. And I think they're good enough that I'm willing to risk that. I mean, one thing from last season. Because of the way FPL do the price now, it's so easy to have players from good teams. Like, if you look at my team set up here, they are solely made up of players from Man United, the first 11, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton, and then obviously Mbomo from Brentford. So I'm only actually covering five teams. Last year, the teams were so good. I, I made a goalkeeper transfer, I think, within the first four game weeks. Plenty. I don't think I ever burnt a transfer, but I came close. I saw people swapping 4.5 million forwards around. It was just too easy, and we could be in a similar situation this season. So starting with Chilwa, even if he does get injured in the first two game weeks, well, that's an easy transfer to Reese James or to, I don't know, Stones, Diaz, someone like that especially if I've got 0.5 million in the bank. No one is talking about McAllister. He's at 6 million pretty much now due to the lack of midfield options. I I think we... Liverpool do have... Still have quite a few midfield options. Now, I do think McAllister will get a lot of game time. I, I don't really see him being rotated that much. But they've got McAllister and Soboslai's obviously come in. They've still got Harvey Elliott. They've got Gakpo, who could play a little bit deeper, I guess, although I don't think it's going to happen that much. Bacetic, I don't know if he's played too many minutes preseason. Thiago as well, Curtis Jones. So even though they've lost Henderson and Milner, and obviously they're kind of, you know, leadership players, I think Keita's gone as well, and, and Alex Oxlade-Chamber, but he was never fit anyway. They've still got quite a few midfielders. The thing for me is I just don't think McAllister's going to be super attacking in that midfield. Yeah, I, I presume that McAllister and Soboslai will play most of the time as well. Um, but I, I think Soboslai will be the one that's a bit more aggressive in getting forward. So I don't know. McAllister, not for me. But again, I'm not completely against completely against having him at some point. I do think for those of us that are kind of committing to not having Salah and Trent, like if that's something we go through with in game week one, it does open up the option to have these other midfielders. Because usually, maybe not last season, but in seasons gone past, well, no, maybe even last season as well, you'd have three of Salah, Mane, Robertson, Trent. And so you wouldn't want to block a spot with a cheaper midfielder. This season, that might not be the same. But I just don't think... I don't think we start with either. And I also think that Soboslai will probably be slightly better than McAllister and probably worth the extra million. But could be wrong. My four premium draft with De Bruyne. Onana, Trent, Stones, Gabriel. Not bad. Trent... Oh, yeah, Trent. Okay. Oh, you're counting Trent as a premium, presumably. Which is fair. Pau Torres, Botman, Matoma, Salah, De Bruyne... Bomber Harland thoughts. I mean, yeah, it looks pretty nice. Obviously, don't know what your bench is. Like, it could work. I think when you've got those more expensive players, you can obviously come down to anyone pretty easily. If you prefer going for that, I don't. It doesn't look that weak to me. I'm trying to think of what you've. I guess you're playing four five one or four four two. Okay, it's so a four four two, isn't it? Trent Stones, Gabriel, then one of Al Torres or Botman. I think they rotate pretty nicely. Matoma, Salah, De Bruyne, and Bomo, and then Harland. So you're missing a player. Oh, unless you're playing five, it sounds okay. I still think there's probably better value by dropping some of those. 
Uh, good afternoon from the Netherlands. How am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm ready for the season to start, to be honest. I like preseason, but really, the proper business end of preseason is coming next week, right? That's when we start locking in these teams. That's when we start seeing the last few games of preseason. That's when we know who's going to probably be first choice 11. I'm really looking forward to the next week, to be honest. Um, but I'm doing well. Thank you very much for being a member for four months. Hope you're doing well too. Uh, Femi, please could you explain the dangers of owning Foden or why everyone is not talking about Foden? Foden's quite highly owned, I think, by the way, in, in engaged managers. So, Zertop sent me the list. Yeah, I haven't replied to him on Twitter. What a horrible person I am. Uh, Foden is owned by 42% of the 650 teams that were sent to me. So, Foden's only owned by like 11 or 12% overall. I'm going to check now. He's owned by 14.1%. But with engaged managers, you know, basically managers that are following me that have replied to the tweet, and usually, right, if you're following an FPL account, you're very engaged with the game. He's owned by 42%. That's quite a bit higher. So I think he is being talked about quite a lot. I mean, the danger is just the minutes, right? Do you, do you have the minutes correct? If you do, he's a good option. If you don't, he's not. Like, Foden with minutes is better than... Arguably, every other 7.5 million attacker, especially in midfield, you could say that I still think Nkunku has got something to say. There is obviously risk with that as well. Chelsea, lots of new players, new manager. How will they click? Will the fixtures be enough? He's come from the Bundesliga. Will he be able to pull off similar numbers? All those are question marks. So it's not like Nkunku is definitely better than Foden, but I think he is one that would compete with him. But Foden for minutes for his price will be one of the best options in the game. The risk is the minutes, like it is of any Man City player. But as people have pointed out, Maris has gone. There's no replacement for him yet. I'd be really... I mean, I'm. have Man City signed anyone apart from Gundogan? Like, Vardial is going to happen apparently, but it hasn't happened yet. I think, they, I think they've only signed... Uh, sorry, Kovacic. Did I say Kovacic? I've lost my train of thought now. I think they've only signed Kovacic. So... Maris is gone, so either Bernardo Silva or Foden will play on the right. If it's Bernardo Silva, then you've got De Bruyne playing as one of the midfield spots. Then you've got one free. Now, Kovacic could play there. Alvarez could definitely play there. Or you've got Foden. So because of the players they've lost, there is more chance of Foden getting minutes. I personally still don't think it's guaranteed. And I still don't know if it's worth the risk. Or the headache. I shouldn't even say risk. I should say headache. Why are people still unironically trying to figure out Pep's best 11? Well, why, that's what we always do for every team, don't we? I mean, we know the 11s are most teams, so we're left to figure out Pep. And also, we did see a clear pattern with him last year. Grealish, their best 11 last year. Grealish on the left, Hand uh, through the middle, number nine, obviously. Bernardo Silva on the right, Gundogan and De Bruyne, Rodri behind, Ake, Stones, Diaz, Akanji. Like, that was their best 11 for most games. Obviously, Walker played at times. But we pretty much knew Man City's best 11 last year. But I, I still, I don't know. I, I probably won't have Foden. I will probably, I'm more likely to have Nkunku, I think. Honestly. You're going with March over Matoma. So March's numbers are good, right, from last year. I think minutes-wise, I don't think there's a huge difference between the two. What I will say is, I don't think March has featured in preseason yet. Am I wrong? Brighton fans, let me know. I don't think he's played a single game. Presumably, he's been carrying an injury or something. Am I talking rubbish? Let me know. 45 minutes as he played that. He did in the first one only. March has missed three games. Yeah, it kind of worries me a little bit. He hasn't played much, not compared to Matoma. 
So, again, like preseason, I don't need to see March and Matoma play. I know they're both really good options, and I know they'll probably score a similar amount of points. But what preseason tells me is Matoma's got a lot more minutes in his tank, and therefore he's the one for me. And also, last season, I kind of preferred him anyway. Am I sold on Jesus? Um, yes, but only, again, I don't think he's that exciting, but I think he just solves an issue. And again, I come back to it. So let's say I want Saka, Fernandes and Rashford. Let's say they're non-negotiable. Then it's Jesus and Mbomo, or Jesus and Matoma, or it's Martinelli plus a 6.5 million forward. And they're all pretty bad for game week one. Or it's Odegaard and a 6 million forward. And they're all pretty bad, I would say, for game week one. Like Calvert-Lewin, Wissa and Ferguson could do really well. But I don't think there's any guarantee that one of them plus Odegaard is better than Jesus and Matoma. I just, there just isn't. So, yeah, look, Alvarez, like Foden, great if he gets minutes. There is no guarantee of that whatsoever. No guarantee. And also, if you're telling me there's a guarantee that Alvarez is going to play, that would put me off Foden. Because unless Bernardo Silva goes, it could be Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, uh, Alvarez, Grealish with Harden up front. And then there's no room for Foden. I don't think Alvarez and Foden can both be options unless Bernardo Silva gets sold or Foden is now first choice right wing. And I don't think either of those two things are necessarily likely. Again, I just, I don't think they're so good that it's, it's worth this headache. I think if, F, excuse me, if FPL had priced players how maybe they should, where Rashford's 9.5, Saka's 9.5, Fernandez is 9, whatever, maybe even a little bit higher then suddenly the difference to Foden becomes a bit more worth discussing. But the prices are so close, I just don't know if it's, again, worth that risk. Do you know what I mean? If, Son's, if, if Rashford, Fernandez, Saka and Son are all 10 million and Foden 7.5 or 8, the gap is huge. Whereas now the gap's not that big. So, again, like I'm sat here with 1.5 million in the bank and I've got this team. Uh, it's, it's just stupid. It's, uh, it's just stupid, honestly. That's another that's another point. Why are we not talking about Jack Grealish? Why are we not talking about Jack Grealish more? There's all this clamour to have Foden. And I do get it. I think if they're both going to get the same minutes, I would rather have Foden. But with Grealish, you've got pretty much guaranteed minutes. He's first choice left wing, right? We all agree on that, I think. And you look at his numbers last year. I think in front of goal, we assume he's pretty bad. But per 90, 0.2 expected goals. He doesn't have the hugest goal for it. I get it. There was 0.22 actual goals. So it's not like he underperformed, like Watkins did, like Jesus did. Uh, and 0.31 expected assists. His actual assist, 0.31. So he's right bang on the numbers. And his numbers for City pr are pretty good. And he's probably more nailed than Foden. So if you really want to cover a Man City midfielder, I feel like Greenish is slightly safer. Like Foden's numbers are better, right? His because his numbers were similar last year, but his goal threat is higher. So again, I would rather have Foden than Greenish if they're playing the same minutes. I don't think they are going to play the same minutes necessarily. I, I wouldn't have Bernardo Silva. I, I don't like him as an option, to be honest. Who knows that Foden doesn't take Greenish's place. But again, all these conversations are exactly why I probably just won't pick Man City players. They're not that good that it's worth this headache. Although the fixtures are pretty damn good, so maybe they are. <laughs> Foden started last year. He did, yeah? Anyway, let's stop talking about Man City too much. We're definitely going to continue talking about Man City. I can feel it already. 
Onana, Botman, Gabriel Shaw, Trent, Matoma, and Bono, Saka, Rashford, Harden, and Kunku subs. Nico Jackson sub. Wow. Colwell, Ariola plus a 4.5 mid. Taking a punt on Jackson versus Jesus. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, hi, Andy. How's it going? Uh, and Bomo and Son, 3-5-2, or Madison and Nkunku, 3-4-3. Is Son a high risk for you? I don't think he's a high risk. Uh, he hasn't played a huge amount so far in preseason, but I think he'll be fine to start the season. I, my only worry is, if if they do play typical Ange ball, as people call it, I don't feel right saying that. I feel like I don't know enough about kind of football tactics and stuff to say Ange ball, even though lo- that's how everyone seems to say uh, and Son's kind of high and wide, and he's he's being asked to hug the touchline. I'm not sure he's such a good option. My thinking with Son is that Postacoglu has got a way of playing, but you also have to adapt to the personnel somewhat, and Son should be more central and in front of goal. He shouldn't be out wide, putting crosses in and stuff like that. So I think there's a good chance he's... A decent option. But to be honest with you, Mbomo and Son or Madison and Kunku, I'd rather have Mbomo and Rashford if that's an option. I think Rashford is better to start than Son. Um, otherwise, I'd probably go Mbomo and Son, I think. I think Mbomo is probably better than Madison. I mean, arguably, with that, Mbomo and Nkunku and Bank the Money is arguably better than, than both your options. Will friendly will weekend friendly's influence and Rashford Bruno selection double up decision or are they simply good picks? By the way, thank you, Xander, for being a member for 12 months. You must have signed up this time uh, pre-season last year. Again, pre-season doesn't really worry me. I retweeted a tweet. I'm not going to say reposted. What? what I'm, look, Elon Musk has got a lot of money. What do I know? Right? I'm just a peasant compared to Elon Musk. Um, He's got a lot of money. Right? I'm sure the guy knows what he's doing. But you know like how you Google something, right? You don't search for something on the internet. You Google something, right? Like on Twitter, you tweet something, you retweet. And now it's just post. Everyone posts on every... Why has he done that? Makes no sense, surely, from a branding perspective. Anyway, I've lost my train of thought now. What what was the question? <laughs> what was the question? Oh, yeah, friendlies. Um, what, why was I talking about Twitter? I really lost my train of thought. Did I say... I, oh, yeah, I retweeted a tweet. I didn't repost it. Uh, and basically... There's a graph from last year which just shows that generally preseason form does not translate into wins and stuff for your team. So it doesn't really bother me. I know Rashford and Fernandez are pretty good options. If that last preseason friendly, Ten Hag tries Bruno Fernandez out in a really deep position and it works really well and Mount's playing further forward, maybe that will make me question Fernandez as a pick. But if he's playing where I know he usually plays, then I, I don't care if he blanks again in this game. I'll know he's a good option for game week one. So it doesn't... All I want to see in the last friendly is who's likely to be in the first 11 in game week one and what positions they're playing in and and what the setup of different teams are as well. Why only one city with their good run? We've talked about that quite a lot already, so I don't want to go back over it. But again, I'm not necessarily bothered about tripling up on Man City. I'm bothered about whether their players are better than the ones I have in my team. So Chilwell versus Stones, Foden versus Matoma, plus one million... All those kind of questions, really. It's going to be great when I start with Foden next week. <laughs> I can I can see it. The question has always been whether to go without Trent or not. I see you currently don't have him. Yeah, um, it's just a money thing. It's just a money thing, really. I mean, I could almost get him by doing Chilwell to Trent. I'd have to find another million from somewhere. It's just It's just that one extra move I don't necessarily want to make. I would be really surprised if Rasmus Hoyland 
is not 7.5 million. That seems like the obvious price to put him at. I I don't think he's new to the league, so I think it would be unfair to price him the same as Jesus, Watkins, Wilson, Tony, etc. I think give is not even that it's unfair. It just doesn't make sense with the way they've priced other players. I actually think if he wasn't going to Man United, he would probably be seven million like Jackson, because both players kind of sprung onto people's radars last season. It's not like they've had loads of seasons doing really well, like Nkunku, for example. So I think if he was, wasn't going to Man United, it'd be 7 million. But there is a Man United tax sometimes with player prices because they are very popular. Like, you know, most supported team in the world, probably, at least in the Premier League. And also, there's no other forwards apart from Martial, and he's always injured. So Hoyland's probably going to get really good minutes like Nkunku. So I think it'll be 7.5. He's not going to get penalties, of course, because Fernandez will keep them. But I think it'll be 7.5. There's an outside shot at 7. There's no way he's going to be 8, and there's no way he's going to be cheaper than 7. Why is no one talking about Sterling? Sterling was in my first draft video, interestingly enough. Um, he is one player that I'm a little bit worried about from preseason. I mean, Chelsea fans feel like he's absolutely awful. They seem to hate him. Not hate him, but they just don't think he's very good. But I still think with the fixtures, it's, as long as he's getting the minutes, there's a possibility he comes good. But again, it's just, is Sterling worth 0.5 million over most of those 6.5 million midfielders? Probably not. Eze, absolutely nailed on penalties. Mbomo, absolutely nailed on penalties. Matoma, okay, not on penalties. Should be first-choice starter. Maybe not quite as nailed for minutes, but I think they're all probably better. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious Hoyland will be 7 or 7.5. I would say 7.5. Makes the most sense, given everything we know. If he wasn't going to Man United, it'd be 7, I reckon. If he was at Chelsea, if he was going to Chelsea, he'd be 7. Uh, 1 million needed. Bruno to Foden, done. Yeah, but then, yeah... But again, though, that's the question, right? Foden, Trent, and no... Oh, wait, hang on. One, Yeah, Foden, Trent, and no money in the bank, or Bruno Fernandes, Chilwell, and like whatever it is, one or 1.5 million. It gets hard to kind of justify it that way. And I'm, I'm realistic with Trent, right? I know he's fantastic. He He's going to score lots of points this season, right? 150 plus, easy. Probably banging on that 200-point door again. But if in the early stages, Gabriel Nesjimpinian can get enough clean sheets and Chilwell stays fit and he's in that attacking fullback role, they might keep up. They might keep up, plus the extra money to go around elsewhere, plus the better attackers. So I, I, I'm still undecided between Trent, Trent and Salah. I, I don't think I can go Trent and Salah. I think it messes up the team too much. But one of those two could still make it into the team. Like I'm not completely against it. I think, I think a few weeks ago... I was more thinking Trent's definitely going to make the team. But the more I think about Chilwell, I think the less likely Trent gets in now and the more likely Salah would get in. But I still think I'd probably go without either. Like, captaincy is a big thing, obviously, when you're paying those premium prices. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm just not sure I can go against Haaland this early on in the season. If Trent gets 15-plus in game week one, will you stay strong for game week two? 100%. I mean, I'll put it on record, even though I'm willing to go against the record. If 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 Salah and Trent go mad in game week one, I won't buy them for game week two. Do you know why? I won't be able to. I won't have a good way to get them in one move, and I won't want to take a hit. It just won't be worth it. But I know that they're going to score points. Like no, no, if if you're not having Salah and Trent because you think they're bad, then that's stupid, right? Because they're great. They're going to score loads of points. I know they're going to be great, but I still think when you when you look at it from a value perspective. 
there's better ways to spread the funds. I could be wrong, and I might go against it by game week one. Yeah, if you got Salah, you got you got a captain for game week two. I, I guess my my question would be: if you're not going to captain Salah for game week two, why why what is the point in owning him? Um, a Haaland injury would not make it as interesting as you think it would. Like, let's say Haaland gets injured before game week one. What do I do? Well, I'd probably put Matoma to Salah. And I'd have 1.5 million to spend because that's how much cheaper Salah is than Haaland. And then I, and I've also got 1.5 in the bank with this or 1 million. So I could have like a Watkins. I'd probably put Nkunku in. I'd probably put Nkunku in and have like 2 million left over. And then, I don't know, probably get Trent in. Like, it wouldn't be that interesting. People would just get Liverpool players. Uh, also, Alvarez would become an option, actually. I, okay, th there would be something to think about. But Alvarez would probably be in everyone's teams. And he's only 6.5, so you'd have ridiculous money. Like, Harlan gets injured. Harlan to Alvarez. Easy. 6.5. Too good to give that up. 9 million in the bank. <laughs> 9 million? Mental. Salah comes in. 3 million in the bank. And I could just do... Do you know what? I could almost do... I could actually do Anana to Flecken. And then Udogi to Trent. I wouldn't even need to get rid of Chilwell. How stupid is that? I'm telling you, I, I actually think a Harlan injury would be bad for the game, to be honest with you, because he's eating up so much, at least a bit more budget than normal. People have to think a little bit more. So yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty stupid. Like Alvarez would become would become must have, I think. Like is it six point five is just crazy value. Number nine for Man City. I want Man City to play a two up front at the start. I just don't don't think it's gonna happen, to be honest. What do you think of Darwin? Is he nailed? No. Someone said he's not starting today. Let me see the rest of the team. They post... Oh, yeah, 38 minutes ago. Taking on Bayern Munich in Singapore. So, Allison in goal. Maybe Allison's going to be first-choice goalkeeper this year. Tra By the way, Trent back to right-back instead of playing number six. I think that was always going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you see that team there, right? Allison. So, that that's that's a pretty standard 11 for Liverpool. So, you've got Allison, You've got Trent, Matip, Van Dijk. Interesting that Trent's... Play uh, sorry, Matip's playing instead of Canate. Um, Canate's probably a no-go as well. Robertson left back. Then you got Jones, who's presumably playing the six. McAllister and Soboslai, who play as the eights. And then Jota on the left, Salah on the right, Gakpo through the middle. Now, would I be completely surprised if it's Darwin up front and Diaz on the left for game week one? I guess not. But would I be completely surprised if in game week two, Darwin Nunez is out and Gakpo's back in? No. I mean, it's probably, it's probably more likely to be the other way around. But you get the point, right? You, you don't look at that Liverpool team and think, why the hell is he playing Gapo and Jota? They're awful. They're not awful. They're great players. So Darwin's not nailed. There was all that hype about him a few days ago because he scored a few goals. Most people aren't going to start with him because he's not nailed. Simple as that. There's better options. I, th I think it's more likely the other way around, by the way, that Gapo starts against Chelsea and Darwin starts against Bournemouth, which I guess if you're going to own Darwin, it's the better way around. But game week three, who knows? Game week four, who knows? You think Diaz is nailed if fit? I... What, you just think Jota's just not going to play? I'm not saying that's now their first 11 for game week one, but it's probably not far off. Start with Stones game week one and switch to Chilwell game week two. No, I just don't see the point. I, I, don't, think Burn, I don't think Stones against Burnley away is so good that you should pre-book a transfer. I'd rather have Chilwell against Liverpool at home and roll the transfer. Not much talk about Cancelo. I, I just don't think Cancelo's going to get good minutes at all. I mean, maybe he'll play himself back into that team. But I think we'll see something. If Ake's fit, it'll just be Ake, Stones, Diaz, and Akanji, probably. 
Like most teams probably couldn't make that many centre backs work, but this is Pep Guardiola and this is Man City. Diaz is definitely starting. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he. Then by Diaz, presumably Diaz's ownership is so low because people don't think he's definitely going to start every game. Is Matt Cash a good option? I, I'm going to say no. I know people, a lot of people think he's nailed on that right back spot. I just don't think that's the case. Interesting that uh, Moreno is not back until possibly September, though. Like, I guess maybe you could play Pau Torres left back, Mings obviously left centre back, Konza right centre back, and then Cash. But I think at some point we could see Konza play right back and Lucas Dean being a bit more attacking down the left. So I, I just I'm personally not as confident in Cash's minutes as other people are. And I just don't think he's good enough that I would take that risk. And also, the Villa fixtures aren't fantastic opening six. Obviously, he's only 4.5, so you wouldn't necessarily be playing him every week anyway. They've got Newcastle away opening day, Liverpool away game week four, and Chelsea away game week six. Even in game week seven, it's Brighton at home. It's not that easy. Are you as confident in United's attack this year? I'm doubling up on defence with Shaw and Anana, and just Bruno can see us struggling to break teams down. I mean, the question is, are, are, are Man United and Man United players going to be worse than last year? I would say probably not. Therefore, Rashford and Fernandes are probably good options. I think generally Man United will be better this year. Whether it's by such a huge percentage they become essential, probably not. But I do think with Onana there, having a striker, it's going to make a big difference, I think. I hope so, anyway. If Chelsea land Vlahovic, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that Nkunku will still be the best forward option from Chelsea, and I would just ignore Jackson and Vlahovic to be honest. If Cash is a starter after five game weeks, he's a wild card option. Um, I mean, yeah, the fixtures are good. If you're wild card and then you could consider someone like that. I'd want to see Moreno back first. though. I think, I think the Konza issue for Cash at right back comes into play more when Moreno is fit. Listen to Planet FPL, it seems to be either be Luca Dean and Konza or Powell and Cash with one attacking fullback and three centre-backs. Yeah, I, I said that early on about Konza. I just... I mean, I thought Moreno was going to be back a bit earlier than now he apparently is. But that's what I assumed, that at some point we would see Konza, um, Konza Mings, and Pau Torres possibly. Although, I guess that would mean one of the left-footed players having to play central centre-back, but whatever. Uh, and then Moreno left-back. Left uh, maybe now was the wrong word. I think Diaz is the first choice on the left, but occasionally will rotate. Yeah, but that's, that's enough just to not go for him, isn't it? It's like, even if Darwin Nunez is first choice number nine... Gatpo's just not going to forever sit out, is he? It's just, just not going to happen. Uh, rating draft video will be tomorrow, mostly because I haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> By the way, I've made a change. Someone kind of said to me yesterday, why have you not got noise cancellation in your streams? Why are you worried about the keyboard sounds? And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know why I've never looked into it. It took two seconds to add it. And now I'm going to go silent. I think I can type. And you know, I type sometimes on deadline streams. You, you won't be able to hear it now. I'm going to test it now. You hear any of that? Did you hear anything or was it just silence? When I convert this to podcast, people are just uh, going to hear absolute silence. Hopefully you didn't hear that. And now I'm asking myself, why didn't I do that years ago? It's almost like, it's almost like banging on the keyboard as well. I, I knew people were going to say they missed the typing noise. I think, I think now though, I can type and talk and you should only hear... And I don't know if you'd hear... I don't know if, cause if I'm talking, the mic would be open so then you would hear the keyboard. I wasn't pretending to type. Gotta be honest, I don't like your Man United to tap. But who would you have instead? I need the keyboard sound on deadline strings. But the thing is, basically, it's a silencer within the software. So unless the noise is above a certain sound level, it won't pick it up. So that's also pretty good for like 
I know, like, like clearing my throat or something like that. If it's not that loud now, I won't pick it up. Do AI-generated team builders worry you? Not really. But obviously, fan, uh, Fantasy Football Hub have got the My Team tool. If you want to get your team rated for free, there's a link in the description below. Make sure to check that out. Um, but I don't think anyone that uses a tool like that will only ever listen to what it says. I think it's a good guide. But there'll be times when you disagree, and that's fine. No one, that, no one that builds tools like that think that that you should just use it. And if this says to do this, that is the move you should definitely make. But I will disagree with how it rates some of the players because I have my own opinions, and that's fine. But sometimes you'll use it; it'll suggest a transfer. I think, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Why is it showing me that? Oh, it's because of this, this, and that. And then, okay, maybe that's what I should go for instead. But nobody is saying that that's the only way you should play. No one at all. Also, Hub have up to fifty percent off at the moment. So if you want to check that out again, links in the description below. Links in the chat as well. Links in the chat as well. Uh, I have a feeling Buendia will be the Matoma of last season. I reckon he's nailed at six. I don't think he. Um, I don't think he is nailed. To be honest, that's the throat clearing now. No, I don't want to do it now. Because if it comes out, it sounds really bad. Uh, Bowen, I've got. No interest in Jared Bowen whatsoever for game week one. Again, and I hate to sound like a broken record, I literally discussed this on yesterday's video, for 0.5 million less, I get a player with better fixtures, in most cases better underlying stats, and in some cases penalties as well. I just don't know why I would spend 0.5. Oh, excuse me. If you look at West Ham's fixtures, they're awful. Like Bournemouth away, Luton away, game weeks one or four are okay. Every other one for the first six game weeks is bad. But no interest whatsoever. Not nailed when Ramsey is back. Yeah, Ramsey is uh, not to the middle of September. Not to the middle of September. Has Hoyland been officially announced? Are Chilwell's minutes guaranteed over Kukurea? Uh I, I don't think Kukurea is very good for Chelsea. And I think... The lack of Europe is a very good thing for Chilwell. If they had Champions League, then I think Kukurea would probably get some minutes. But I just don't see why... Why If Chilwell's fit, he's just much better than Kukurea. Like, Kukurea, maybe... I, I might just misremember it, but I thought he was pretty good at Brighton. But at... At um, Chelsea, he's been awful. So I think Chilwell's much better. So, look, could Kukurea play at some point? Yes. It's not like Chilwell's without any risk. But um, I think he's good enough to to start with, for sure. As a player, lost reputation faster than Kukurea. Uh, probably. There's probably plenty of players that I can't think of off the top of my head. All right, last few questions, then we're going to call it there. Uh, Rashford's had a poor preseason. Is he essential? Nope, he's not essential. Thoughts on Pedro Porro? Potentially, I really like him. 5 million, very attacking numbers last year. Small sample size compared to some of the other defenders, but still encouraging. I People seem to disagree, but given the minutes they've had so far, and we'll keep an eye on the last preseason game, Udogi and Pedro Porro seem to be the first choice fullbacks. Some people think that it'll either be Udogi and Emerson, or it will be like Regulon and Porro. I'm not so sure. I'm not as sure about that. But again, we'll see in the final preseason game. But I think for five minutes, he could be quite exciting. But I do worry a little bit about how defensively solid that Spurs team will be. There's a lot of talk about them needing a new centre-back. That hasn't happened yet. 
So I'm a little bit unsure about the clean sheet potential. Also, when you look at... I mean, I've got Udogi in my team right now. Again, I'm not really set on the 4.5s and who I would go for. But you probably don't want to play them in either of the first two games. And then they do have three pretty nice games, game weeks three to five. Bournemouth away, Burnley away, Sheffield United away. But they, two of them are away. And then you, then you come straight into Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. So there's, there's a lot of fixtures there where I just don't think there's clean sheet potential. So then you are relying on those attack and returns. If you go with Salah, you can get to Kane if he stays. No Salah, then no Kane without wildcard. But again, it just doesn't matter if I'm going to captain Haaland every week. And if Haaland gets injured, guess what? I can get to Kane and Salah really easily. So it's not... It's not that big a deal, I don't think. Has there any been any rumours on Potter finding a new job? I don't know, actually. I think he was in Sweden the other day, wasn't he, at his old club? Have I thought about Enzo Fernandez at all? Going to play 100% of minutes, no Champions League, 5 million nailed starter, probably gets plenty of bonus points for accurate passes, possibly assists. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to get forward enough for my liking. Like there's other games like Sky Fantasy Football, for example. Enzo Fernandez is a pretty good option in that. There's just so... The problem is in FPL, we want to have so many midfielders. Like, would I, if I drop one of these for a five million midfielder, where do I spend that money? I just don't think it's worth it. Interesting. Liverpool line out, out, Darwin bench. Yeah, I mean, again, broken record alert. It's not that surprising, is it? The Darwin's benched? No. It wouldn't be that surprising if he started a few games. Just, just how it goes with him. Um, do I think Dano is nailed? No, I think he is Man United's best right back. But Wan Bissaka's got too many minutes. They're gonna they'll share minutes. Um, and Paul Chilwell and Foden or Stones and Mbomo. I mean, there's a price difference there of a million. It depends what you're doing with that million. But if Foden gets minutes, probably Chilwell and Foden. Right, people, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. Videos will continue from tomorrow onwards. There'll probably be a live stream or two next week as well. If you have enjoyed that, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button as well. If you're on podcasts or whatever, hit the follow and subscribe buttons or whatever they are on uh, podcast platforms. And if you haven't already checked out Fantasy Football Hub, make sure you do. You can get your team rated for free to see how things are looking. There's a link in the description below. And if you want to sign up to one of their membership packages as well, there's up to 50% off at the moment. All the links you need are in that description below. And if you sign up and don't win your mini league, you can get your money back. Terms and conditions apply. Make sure to check those that link out as well. Basically, there's loads of links in the description. Go and check that out. Thank you for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your questions. Um, and I will catch you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.